On the Fan, presented by Greenbelt Premium and Devonis, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football speculation and advice. Fantasy Football Weekly is brought to you by Fanball.com, Town Hall Family, Greater Twin Cities Honda Dealers, Joe Sensors, Hudson Ford, and by Park Tavern. Now, now, along with Fanball.com, Scott Fish, Matt Harrison, and Brian Johnson, here's the fans, Paul Charchian. Welcome to week number eight, fantasy players. Some of you already in a big hole if you went up against Deshaun Watson. I was worried uh, going into that matchup that Watson would um, would be overshadowed by a running game that I thought would be very successful, and the running game was, but Watson went absolutely berserk. I thought they might rest him with a chest injury. didn't matter. My co-host today, Scott Fish, Brian Johnson. Hello, guys. Hey, how's it going? Good very morning. good. Thank you. Uh, and a celebration of sorts. Tony Landry, our longtime producer for the show, final shift of his final show before leaving the state to go f- reap his fortunes on the East Coast. We will miss you. We got to abuse the sound bar as much yeah, as possible. Yeah, at the button bar, oh. the only reason we have a functional button bar. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Keep the vulture on hand for There's sure. There's the Tom. vulture right Nine there. Times. Yes. Nine times. That's all the beauty right there. Of Tony my last, my lasting legacy here <laughs> it's on gonna Fantasy be, it's Football It's going to be the sound Weekly. of a peacock. Will be the lasting legacy of Tony Landry. There it is, baby. Tony, we getting a beer after the show? I don't see why we wouldn't. Great uh, answer. It's not I, like I got an yeah. apartment to clean or anything to do, but beers sound great. Beer is good. You know what? Beer is really good. The official beer of fantasy football, Grain Belt Premium. Many thanks to our decade-long sponsor, Grain Belt Premium. Uh, don't forget to play the the free Crush Charge Challenge at GrainBelt.com. Win $2,000 and a trip to Manny's Steakhouse for our winner's banquet in January. It's the high, one of the highlights of my year. It's awesome. Uh, many thanks to our friends at the brewery. They keep doing this year after year, which is great. Sean Ryan and Brett Moss and Lee Wendinger and Ted and Jody Marty. And then the general manager at Manny's, Dave Wilson, of course. Uh, guys, plenty to get to over the course of this show. We'll do three hot questions. We will um, take a handful of calls, uh, maybe even before lightning round, which you know, might happen as well. Uh, we will also give you premature speculation, nine players upon whom to take a chance, and let's dive into the Eagles and the Jaguars. Another early Saturday game. I know some of you got screwed on this deal with Melvin Gordon last week. You have... Yeah, just go set your Saturday lineup right now for yeah. Saturday morning. And your yeah. alarm clock. Yeah, and the alarm clock. I, I tweeted that to literally set, because we saw this coming on Saturday. So, like, midday Saturday, when Melvin Gordon was going to be a game-time decision, I said, look, if you're a Melvin Gordon owner, it's not crazy to set your alarm clock for 7 o'clock so you know if he's in or out. Um, and that, as it turned out, that would have probably been a good move. Mm. Um, but I know some of you got burned on this. Hopefully that won't be the case here. Scott, let's jump into Eagles taking on the Jaguars. Jag for all the problems the Jaguars have, defense is still pretty good. Mm-hmm. And uh, London is a great place for Bortles. <laughs> so he's he it got a good London track yeah, record. Yeah, he really Mercedes does. Mercedes Lewis last year. Yeah, but uh, I'll start on the Eagles side uh, with Wentz in that passing game. The Jaguars have been pretty tough, but they are missing, going to be missing three corner three three defensive backs for this one. Two of them didn't even make the trip, including A.J. Bowie. Bouye, excuse me. Uh, Wentz has at least 275 yards and multiple touchdowns in four straight 
The Jags have held everyone but Mahomes under 235. They're barely allowing passing yards. But Mahomes had 300. Prescott had two touchdowns. Brady had two touchdowns. I think it's an okay matchup for Wentz here. I gave him a B grade. In the passing game, uh, Jeffrey also gave a B grade. The Jags allowing the fewest receiving yards and just the second fewest receiving touchdowns to wide receivers this year. It's pretty, pretty tough. But since returning from injury, he has at least 70 yards and at least one touchdown in three of those four games. And he's averaging over 10 targets a game, seven catches in each. The only dud was against the Vikings. I, I think he's going to be solid here. I, I give him a B grade. I Very close to give him an A grade. But I think this Jags defense is still going to be pretty tough. C grade for Aguilar with all those defensive back injuries. I think that he's going to, you know. And th- third string against slot corners. Exactly. So third string slot corner. I I like Nelson yeah. Aguilar this game. Yeah, the the only problem is his insanely low like 7 yards per catch rate. He's got he's got 5 games under 45 yards and in all those games he had like 4 5 6 7 catches. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that's the problem there. Cole Beasley from the slot a couple weeks ago had a really good game. Uh so I did get a Ag- Aguilar C grade. I think he's startable. Uh Ertz A grade. The Jags have held down most of the tight ends they faced, but allowed Kelsey to explode on them. Mm. The difference? He was the only tight end to see over five targets on the Jags. Yeah. Ertz is averaging 11 per game. He's going to have no trouble. Oh, yeah. He's going to have no trouble at all. For Smallwood and Clement, uh, Oof. Smallwood is he's starting and he's out snapping Clement. He is. <laughs> so, and he's getting goal line work. So, I, although the Jags are top 10 against running backs this season, they are bottom half in the last three weeks. Uh, so recently they're not quite as good. They're number one against backs in the receiving game. That's tough. I do like Smallwood for a C grade and Clement for a bench grade, though. The last three running backs to play the Jags all topped 87 yards. All right, that's the good news. I'm going to give a caveat there. It took 22 carries, and over the last two years, no Eagles back has had more than 18 carries. I know. That's the problem. Yeah, Smallwood's not going to get that, but he's going to get the majority. He's barely startable, Uh, but I did give him a C grade. On the Jag side, London Blake Bortles has eight touchdowns in the last three games in London. The Eagles have allowed multiple touchdowns and or 300 yards to three of the last four quarterbacks they played. It'd be just like the NFL for Bortles to look just dreadful yeah. and then show up for this game Benchable. against your, your, then, your Super Bowl champion Eagles yeah. and then have a big game. Exactly. That's I gave him a C grade because he could be benched <laughs> by halftime or he could be London Blake Bortles. Yeah. Uh, Cole, I benched. Keelan Cole. Westbrook, I also benched. His numbers have gone down every week since week four. Uh, for Cole, four games under 45 yards in the last five. Chark, seven targets out of nowhere last week, but he's still benchable. Can't trust him. I'm giving a C grade to Dante Moncrief. Mm. Weirdly, Blake Bartles has targeted his big receiver, uh, whether it be the tight end or a big receiver, in most of those eight touchdowns in London. (laughs) And uh, he's at Moncrief has had 33 targets in the last four games, over 75 yards in three of them. Kind of crapped the bat against Dallas, but Philly's allowing the third most receptions and fifth most yards to wide receivers. I think Moncrief's playable here. All right. As for Hyde and Yeldon, I I had this flipped, but I'm going to flip it again right here with reports that Hyde might see 60% of the touches. I'm flipping over to, I I think I might flip to bench them both, honestly, until I I see what happens. I think you should against the Eagles. I I was going to give Hyde a bench and Yeldon a C because uh, through the the air, the Eagles can be, you know, played against. But I'm just benching now with these new reports that Hyde's going to see more work. 
Yeah, and for Hyde now, you can't you don't really want to start him against a great Eagles run defense, maybe the best in the NFL On outside of the Saints. Game. And his first game back, we don't know how much the playbook even knows and ever what his usage will be. Yeah, usage then he gets the bye. Then he gets Leonard Fournette coming back. Yeah. And this is why I've been saying, you know, there's a real scenario out there where you could just drop Hyde or try to trade Hyde. Maybe Sabotage. Fournette comes back. Sabotage uh, maybe drop all Fournette. three of those yeah. ready backs. Now, you know, you know, that's that <laughs> there is that, right? I mean the Fournette thing's still a huge, huge question mark. And if Fournette doesn't come back, well, then Hyde becomes a quasi flex player every week. Yeah. Who knows? But I gotta believe Fournette by now. After after two weeks from now, he's gotta be ready, right? You'd think. You'd think. Let's move on. Browns taking on the Steelers. Uh, Brian, um, expected a lot more from the Browns against a terrible Tampa secondary last week, and now they get another bad secondary. Do you feel better about Baker Mayfield this week, and do you think he improves upon a mediocre performance last week? Yeah, you would hope so. Uh, these teams didn't meet in week one, but the Browns are uh, an entirely different team. Tyrod Taylor started that game. Right. Carlos Hyde was on the team. They were also course. playing in the tail end of a hurricane, literally. Yeah, that's right. Which you Very never think would ever hit Cleveland, right. but yeah, it did. So let's start with uh, you know Hyde obviously gone. Let's start with Nick Chubb real quick. Uh, Hyde had 22 carries in that week one game against Pitt. Pittsburgh, but since then, only one other opposing running back has topped 11 carries against the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, teams are running under 35% of the time against them. Uh, game scripts just do not favor backs on the ground. Chubb actually had 21 yards on three carries in the opener, so if you extrapolate that seven yards per carry, he gets 15 yeah. to 20. No, but uh, he's only in a flex-level play for me because of the volume. It's not going to be there. 15 carries is a great ceiling, so just to see for him. Uh, you would think it would be a game for Duke Johnson, but it is not. He's on the bench. The Steelers have given up a league low, 3.5 catches, and only 21 receiving yards per game to running backs. Duke only mustered 25 combo yards in the first meeting on one catch, so he's on the pine. Jarvis Landry, complete opposite. He is in with an A grade, 15 targets in week one. Only Adam Thielen has logged more games with at least 10 targets. And uh, of the 10 wide receiver touchdowns the Steelers have allowed, which is a lot, six have gone to slot receivers. Wow, uh, that says plenty. And Landry had a great game in the opener, so he's a Uh safe, safe play. Uh, Antonio Callaway, though, he's on the bench. He's had uh, frying pan hands of late, lots of drops, only two targets last week. Just mentioned that Landry saw 15 targets in the first meeting. All the other Cleveland wide receivers combined for only eight targets in that first game. Yeah, Callaway had just one, so he's on the bench. But David Njoku, another A for Cleveland. Pittsburgh has allowed the most receptions, the sixth most yards, and tied for the seventh most touchdowns allowed to tight ends. The Ravens' tight ends totaled 10 catches for 99 yards against the Steelers. How so about that? Njoku is in a smash spot here. He's my and tight end one this week. I can't, I can't argue that by any means. And then uh, Baker Mayfield, I'm going to give him a conservative C here. But you, you love Njoku, you love Landry. Mayfield is startable. Uh, opposing quarterbacks passing 41 times per game against the Steelers, so uh, Mayfield will be thrown in this one. Uh, over to the Steelers' side, a lot of good stuff to talk about, starting with James Conner, who Cleveland steamered the Browns mm-hmm. week one for 190-plus combo yards and a touchdown. Uh, no Le'Veon Bell yet again. And here's one great stat uh, I found on Twitter from Graham Barfield. Uh, Conner is averaging over five yards per carry on uh, 70%, 17.5% of his attempts when facing a stacked box. Le'Veon Bell is averaging 3.2 yards per carry over the last two years when facing stacked box stacked box on uh, 7.8% of his carry. So basically, Connor is just as good as Le'Veon Bell, for those who said he yeah. wasn't. I, I talked to somebody at the Friday Football Feast yesterday, yesterday excuse me, who was selling Connor on the cheap 
because he, you know, he firmly believed that Bell's going to come back and take his job. I'm like, why would that happen? No, He's it, playing every bit as well, if not better than Bell ever played. So why would the team suddenly upend their depth chart? And if you remember, not do in, that. in the past when Bell was suspended and D'Angelo Williams was playing very well, everyone thought when Bell came back, it was going to be a, a timeshare. But nope, Bell. They don't timeshare. The no, they no, never They time never timeshare. Time and Connor's your starter. Yep. When Bell comes back, Connor's the starter for a team that never timeshares. Agreed. Continue. And, uh, Antonio Brown, obviously your starter in your fantasy lineup. Easy A. Uh, worth mentioning, starting quarterback EJ Gaines is out for Cleveland and free safety. Demarius Randall, questionable to play. So, easy A for Brown. I'll give out Juju Smith-Schuster a B. Uh, he'll be facing the latest three-named slot cornerback in the NFL, Brian Body Calhoun. Mm. Does he have to change his last name like Lake Calhoun? <laughs> I'm not going like to call it. him that anymore. Yeah. Uh, but Juju has averaged seven catches and 131 yards over his last two against Cleveland. Very safe B grade, as uh, Vance McDonald will get as well. He missed the first game between these two teams, but Jesse James had 60 yards in that game. Cleveland has given up the seventh most catches to tight ends, so uh, Vance is in a good spot. And Big Ben gets an A at home. That's simple. This is actually his uh, first home game against Cleveland, though, since 2015. Mm. Missed the last two because of injury. But for what it's worth in that last meeting, 379 and 3. Might be a safe floor for Ben in this one. Yeah, I like uh, I like Ben a lot. I think he I've got him at quarterback number six, six this week. Yeah, I like Ben a lot in this game. Uh, let's. I'm going to try to squeeze in the Redskins taking on the Giants. Let's start with Adrian Peterson. Um, I've been I've I every week I'm kind of more and more surprised. I not that I thought he wouldn't be good. I just figured by now he'd be hurt, dinged up. Things would have just somehow gone off the rails. Nope, I was way wrong too. He, he's he's been terrific. Yeah. Uh, New York's given up a touchdown to a running back in all seven of their games, one way or another. Not all rushing, but mostly rushing. They rank 11th in rushing yards allowed, 11th in rushing yards per carry, which is pretty good. And Chris Thompson's still not right. And even if Chris Thompson goes, he's a game-time decision. AP's got 41 out of the 45 team rushing attempts the last two Jeez. weeks. A B, a B grade on Adrian. And don't forget, no more snacks, Harrison. So those numbers. Yeah, that's a great point. That's, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's but, a very fair point. By the way, about Matt, about Matt Harrison, our co-host. Yeah, we should start calling him Snack Harrison with one S. Oh, I like that. Yeah, Snack Harrison. Snack Harrison. All right. Uh, maybe it's Snat because he's one T. Yeah. Snat Harrison? Yeah, yeah that's a We'll figure it out. Let's go to the passing. Oh, Chris Thompson, let me just one other running back mention here. I, I think he might play, but before the injury, he was trending in the wrong direction. I'm nervous about starting him here. The pa- Giants' pass defense broadly has been very good, and they're giving up just 43 receiving yards through the air to runners. So I let's just wait and see on Chris Thompson. I've seen him get him dropped in some leagues. This is the wrong time to drop him. He's coming back, but I don't want to start him here. Uh, let's go to the passing game. C grade on Alex Smith. Giants' pass defense has been beaten up pretty badly over the last three weeks, but that was against Cam Newton, Carson Wentz, and Matt Ryan. Those are elite-level quarterbacks. Alex Smith is not playing at that level, especially with his receivers all banged up. Jamison Crowder won't play. Paul Richardson's a maybe. Eli Apple's gone, and Grant Haley will fill in. Brian, what is Grant Haley? Uh, A name you made up. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just some guy. He's a thing now. He's a thing now. All right. So go get him, Grant. I had Alex Smith as a as a bench before the trade. I've got him as a C grade right now. Paul Richardson, if he goes, you could throw a dart here and gamble that he plays and that the Giants secondary discombobulated in its first game without Eli Apple. Apple played one side of the field. So if Grant Haley is going to play that side, they can just put Paul Richardson on that side every play if they want to. They could be way more combobulated without Eli Apple. Yeah, it could be addition by subtraction. (laughs) That is possible. Actually, I looked up Eli's uh, uh, every... I looked up all of his his coverage numbers on Pro Football Focus. They're actually pretty good. 
he was actually having a pretty good season. I think he'd only given up one touchdown in his coverage all year. Um, lastly, Jordan Reed on the bench. What a massive disappointment he's been. If I had told you guys at the beginning of the season that through eight weeks he'd be healthy and playing every single week, what kind of numbers do you think you would have gotten out of Jordan Reed? Way better ones than yes. seen. <laughs> Far better, right? Vernon Davis Far better. might be outscoring him right now, or it's got to be pretty close, I, I would imagine. I, well, actually, I think it is probably pretty close between those guys. Uh, Jordan Reed right now, as we enter week eight, has one touchdown, 268 yards. And by the way, that's 40 yards a game. 40. That's it. It's been <laughs> it's been a disaster for Jordan Reed. We're going to put him on the on the bench. The Giants have been great against tight ends all season. They've given up just four receptions to the position per game. They've only given up one tight end score all year. Flipping quickly to the uh, the, the Giants side, Saquon Barkley uh, has a tough matchup against Washington, the team that just held Zeke to their second lowest rushing total of his career. No back has topped sixty one yards on the ground against them. Worse over the past three games, they've held Zeke, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, and Mark Ingram four outstanding RB1s mm-hmm. to a total of 130 rushing yards. Jeez. That's amazing. So Saquon's going to have to do it. He's going to have to find a way into the end zone, which he's done in almost every game. And it's been a series of brutal matchups. I'm tired of saying this for Barkley. For once, I want him to just have an easy matchup that he can coast through, but this is not going to be well, it's it. It's a testament to Peterson because he's running so well, they're able to control the clock. Yeah, so maybe. much limit the running. That running might be part of it. Teams. It is. All right, let's go to the passing game. Seagrade and Eli Manning, dreadful in his two matchups against Washington last year. Get this, against the Redskins last year, 113 yards, 132 yards. That's, That's a starting good. NFL quarterback. Terrible. Redskins have the 12th-ranked secondary. It's not great, and Josh Norman is awful. But it's uh, it's a lot better than what we saw against Atlanta last week. Eli's averaging just one touchdown per game, and aside from Odell Beckham, I don't see a lot of positive matchups among his receivers. Just a C grade here. Odell Beckham slumps to a C grade as well. Against Washington, he's averaged 106 receiving yards and one touchdown over his last five games, which I love. Uh, Redskins defense has allowed at least 250 passing yards and or multiple touchdown passes in every game. Um, actually, I don't think I meant to have him as a C. Wait a minute. I think I need to have him up as an A or a B. Hang on. I'm double-checking my notes on this. Oh, yeah, he's an A. Sorry. A grade on Odell Beckham. I had him slotted in the wrong place. I'm, like, reading this going, this is all yeah. good news for Beckham. The yeah. whole thing's good news. Why do his, why what am I talking C? about? Uh, Redskins' best cornerback, Quentin Dunbar, is missing practice with a mysterious nerve ailment, and he may not go. And so Beckham uh, potentially getting uh, backup work behind him at, at uh, the cornerback position. So I... Beckham, A start. C grade, and I think this one is correct, for Sterling Shepard. Shepard accounts for 25% of Eli Manning's passing yards, five receptions, 73 yards on average. This is a this is significant for an offense that passes a lot more than any other team in the league. The Redskins starting slot corner Fabian Moreau suffered an ankle injury on Sunday, and if he doesn't go, Sterling Shepard could have backup coverage on him too. Then, lastly, Evan Ingram. Quiet last week in his first game back. Redskins rank in the top half of the league in yards. Fantasy points allowed to tight ends through six games, though they have not uh, allowed a single tight end to go for 50 yards. I've just got a C grade on Evan Ingram. We're going to be cautious on on Ingram in this matchup. Um, Sterling Shepard could uh, could will vault up to a B start if we uh, if Fabian Moreau is out. Washington's allowed five wide receiver touchdowns in the last like two or three weeks. Yeah, three weeks in part. Josh Norman's given up almost hey, like half of them. He's a disaster out there. Uh, he's all he's all name and reputation at this point. Uh, when we come back, nine players, not normally in your starting lineup, 
Take a chance on us after this. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Green Belt Premium on the fan. Size does matter. Hey, it's Mark Rosen at six foot five. I it is take a chance on me. Nine players, not normally in your starting lineup. Three quarterbacks, three running backs, three receivers. We begin at the quarterback position. Scott. Gotta turn on my mic. Uh, I have Mitch Trubisky. I actually really sneakily like both the quarterbacks in this game, but Mitch Trubisky's my take. Yeah, well, that's the, you really should have gone with the other quarterback in this game because he's sneakier. Everybody's got Trubisky already. All right. All I right. think you should have gone Darnold on this one, you personally. Wanna, you want me to go Darnold? Yes, I'll go, I do. Because that's the nature of this bit is I think they're mostly guys that All right. you just pick up off the waiver. Route. All right. Sam Darnold, then. Let's go with him. The ba- the Bears have been torched two weeks in a row by Brady and Brock. Over 650 combined yards, three touchdowns. They allowed multiple touchdowns in five of their seven games. They do lead the league in interceptions with 11. That's yeah. how many Darnold has. But Darnold has three straight multiple touchdown games, and he just recorded his second and third best yardage days in his in his you know short career. Yeah, so, that's like the Vikings, it. too. I like both this week. I, I, see, I think that's the more in the spirit. There you go. Oh, I yeah. got it. Mitch yeah. Trubisky's inside my top ten this week. I like it. Uh, hell has frozen over. We have to find the Mitch Trubisky sound button. I, I know. There's no sad. There's no. There's none of this anymore. There's no sad Trombonski. We've no. moved on. By All the right. Way, hell of an audible at the line of scrimmage there, Scott. Well, yeah, well, that was well done. Way to pivot. Uh, right. I got Case Keenum uh, at Kansas City. Uh, four of the six quarterbacks who face the Chiefs so far have notched at least 340 passing yards and one touchdown. But granted, Keenum was not one of those four quarterbacks. Yeah, the first they first, time, no. they, first scoreless, they, uh, as I recall. Yeah, yeah but he, I'm just going to chalk that up to being a little rusty. He has looked better as of late. Uh, he didn't need to throw a lot in last week's route of Arizona. And Emmanuel Sanders did vulture a passing touchdown from him. Mm-hmm. We'll go with that. Tony, there, that pass. First passing vulture touchdown in history. But in his two games prior, Case was well over 300 passing yards and had two touchdowns in each. And uh, opposing quarterbacks throwing over 43 times per game. We expect Broncos to be chasing points, so Keenum is my guy. What did Odell Beckham do to Eli Manning owners a couple weeks ago? It can happen. Uh, Derek Carr goes up against Indianapolis. And I'll acknowledge that Carr wasn't good the last time we saw him but uh, before the bye, but... He's been a serviceable fantasy quarterback in four of Oakland's six games. And in those four games, get this, the average game for Derek Carr, 338 yards that, and a touchdown and a half. That does not seem right. That doesn't seem right. So if you Crazy. can pick in two-thirds of his games, he's given you an average of 338 yards and one and a half touchdowns. Will this be one of his good games? Well, Probably. It's against Indianapolis, and prior to facing Derek Anderson last week, the Colts had allowed three straight huge passing performances with opposing quarterbacks averaging 332 yards and two and a half touchdowns per game. And what about the loss of Amari Cooper, you might be thinking? I say, who cares? Ask any fantasy owner how reliable Amari Cooper was. Who cares? Derek Carr, take a chance on me. I like it. Let's go to uh, our running backs. I have Trenton Cannon in that same game. I'm loving this game for you some reason. For game. some reason. He had five targets last week. He produced four catches for 69 nice, nice yards. <laughs> and Powell's five to ten touches from last week are gone. I, I expect Cannon to see, you know, 10, 12 touches, and mm-hmm. he's great in the receiving game. Uh, the Bears have allowed seven catches for 55 yards and a touchdown per game over the last five, uh, for the, wow. over the last three. All right. 
I got Ronald Jones at Cincinnati. Now, I'm no internet doctor, but Peyton Barber is wearing down. He's been questionable all week, just mm-hmm. finally got a practice in yesterday. Uh, already at 75 carries on the season. That's half of his career total, so his durability is not yet proven. And uh, so I'm liking Barber to get more opportunities in this game against the Bengals, who are allowing 109 yards per game on the ground to running backs uh, at five-point yard... Five plus yards per carry, and opposing backs are averaging more than six and a half catches and fifty-five yards through the air. Jones has always been pegged solely as a two-down back. Well, he is a two-down back. Well, he had a fifteen-yard reception last week, and he caught three passes the game before. So there All is right. some hope in the passing game. So I got Ronald Jones in a high-scoring affair. Raheem Mostert is your probable starting running back for the 49ers this week. He's uh, the last two games. He's posted one hundred forty-six rushing yards. Not bad. Matt Breida just can't finish a game. He keeps trying to play, keeps getting hurt, and even if Breida is active in this game, it doesn't mean he's going to be the starter. They want to rest up Breida, and if that that may mean zero carries for Breida or a much diminished workload. Most importantly for Raheem Mostert, he goes up against Carolina. The worst team against the run all year long, giving up the most rushing attempts. Arizona. Arizona. Sorry. Arizona. Cardinals starts with C. That's all I got to go on and why that just happened. <laughs> I saw how that happened. Thank you. You are Cardinals. really not combobulated. I, I am. I'm totally not combobulated right now. Arizona ranks dead last in rushing attempts, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns allowed. I love Raheem Mostert. Uh, if they rule out Matt Breida, he's going to be in my top 10 oh, yeah. this week. Yep. If they rule Breida out. Maybe it's this music putting us to sleep Yeah, a maybe that is part of it. Uh, we are. I can barely take a chance on our wide receivers. Who you got? Taylor Gabriel, I, I really, really love him. I've liked him all season, really, but I really like him this week. He's gonna, it's gonna get a good matchup against Buster Screen if he's healthy, which it sounds like he might not be. So he's gonna get a backup in the slot. The Jets allow the seventh most fantasy points to wide receiver this year, and eleven different receivers have topped hundred yards and/or mm. scored. Five slot receivers have topped seventy yards on the Jet. Yeah, so I'll admit, like Thielen, Tate, Landry, they're good ones, but this is a good Still. matchup for Taylor Gabriel. Yes. All right, Brian. I got uh, New Orleans' Ben Watson at Minnesota. Uh, basically, any ends. warm body at tight end against Minnesota. Yeah. I tried to tout Chris Herndon on this show last week, was met with some resistance. But, well, but hopefully I won't not be. A lot, not a lot of resistance. Well, we can check the tape on that one. Uh-huh. But anyway, Watson's in a great spot against the Vikings, allowing more than five and a half catches and 70 yards per game to the position. And despite only allowing three tight en- or three touchdowns to tight ends, the Vikings have yielded the fourth most red zone targets to the position. Watson is third on the Saints in red zone targets, which doesn't sound all that impressive, but it's not bad considering his teammates are Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. Uh, hey, guys, who leads the Buccaneers receivers in snaps after Mike Evans? Mike Evans is number one. Who is your number two receiver in snaps for Buccaneers receivers? I know the answer. Should I just say it? Yes. Because it's Adam Humphreys. It is Adam Humphreys. Is It's not Chris Godwin. It is not Deshaun Jackson. It is Adam Humphreys who plays out of the slot. And that means that he's going to face a Cincinnati defense in complete disarray. Not only playing poorly, by the way, they're ranked 29th in passing yards allowed, but most importantly their starting slot corner, Darkeese Dennard, out so that means that Adam Humphreys is going up against backup slot corner Tony McRae. A fantastic opportunity for Adam Humphreys. So this week, Sunday is hump day. Sunday is hump day All right. for Adam Humphreys. Uh, let's dive back into some matchups. Uh, Jets and Bears, You just we already talked about half of the players in this matchup, yeah. Scott. <laughs> uh, so we already know that you love the Jets quarterback. You love one of the Jets receivers. And well, running, back. running back. Receiving and then receiver running back. as well. Yes. Yeah. 
So we've talked about uh, we've talked about a couple of these guys already, but let's uh, let's jump into the Jets. How about not liking most of his passing game, despite liking Darnold? It's one yeah, of those you things. You can do that. It's one of those things where uh, you know Quint, or Quincy Nunwa, Once he left the slot, he's kind of disappeared. Uh, Jordan Matthews just joined the team. Uh, Robbie Anderson, maybe, but he just has one game over 45 yards. Mm-hmm. He had that huge one, but one game over 45 yards. And Curse, he's super inconsistent. Uh, Slot guys guys against the Bears, 36 yards, 9 yards, 36 yards, 59 yards, 36 Mm -hmm. yards. They actually haven't been that great outside of Cobb's one big week, so I don't love any of them. I'm kind of benching them all. Uh, Herndon, I'm giving a C. Four consecutive starting tight ends have scored against the Bears. Herndon scored in two straight. He had seven targets last week, six for 98, and two scores over the last two weeks. Um, All those tight ends in those four weeks were between 25 and 50 yards, Three catches. Uh, probably going to get a score as well. So, uh, in the running game, Cannon was my take on. I, I still like Crowell because I think he's going to get enough touches to be viable here, despite the Bears not allowing a rushing touchdown. Right. That's the fly in the ointment, right? They, they've given three through the air. So, Cannon, again. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, he should get just enough volume to uh, to be start worthy. I, I can see him getting 15, 17, 18 touches here. That, that's startable in my book. All right. On the other side, uh, Trubisky was no longer my take home. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to give a B grade to him, and I would consider even higher, probably, maybe even an A grade. It's, it's very close, right on that edge. Uh, a B plus, if you will. I, I will. <laughs> You're allowing it this year. That's awesome. Um, Only because you pivoted. Okay, okay, okay. Jets have allowed multiple touchdowns in five of the last six games, and they're not all studs. Tannehill, Bortles, mm. Keenum's drought ended with them. Over 26 fantasy points to each of the last three. Trubisky is averaging four touchdowns per game over the last three. He's on such a, such a hot streak. He's also a top 10 running back lately, too. Yeah, he is. He has at least 315 yards passing, at least 45 yards rushing, and multiple touchdowns in each of those three straight games. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, it's crazy. What does uh, a happy trombone sound like? Tony? Come up with that. Come up with that. All right, thank you. All right. Burton, I'm giving you. Channel your inner John Philip Souza. Take on was Gabriel. I really, really love him this week. If Robinson does not play, Anthony Miller becomes a sneaky grade. I don't don't love him if he does, though. Robinson, I would give a C grade if he does play. Uh, Burton, I give a B grade to. The Jets are middle of the road against tight ends, but Ebron torched them a couple weeks ago, and, and Burton has... Four receptions in four of the last five games, four targets in all those games, 50 yards in three of those games, uh, at least. Uh, Cohen, love him this week. He has at least seven catches, at least one touchdown, at least 69 nice receiving yards in each of the last three games. He's averaging over 123 total yards in that span. Uh, it, it's a great matchup for Cohen. Howard, however, I'm giving a C grade too, and barely, because if you take away the, the high double birthday game, uh, the, the backs have not been very good unless they get over 12 attempts, and you're going to need that from Howard. He's not getting third down usage. I think he's barely startable. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I like Cohen a lot better. I like Cohen a lot better going oh, forward. Yeah, I, well, I considered an A grade for Cohen, but yeah. I didn't go that high. I was, yeah, I think, he, I think he nailed it just right. When yeah. we come back, Andy Dalton, God, they, that whole offense laid an egg for us in what looked like a great matchup, and now they got another great matchup. Do you trust your Bengals? Find out when we come back. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Green Belt Premium on the fan. It's the biggest holiday concert of the year. Jingle Ball 2018, presented by...
Uh, 76 that's, trombone. That's, that's the name a, of that, that jam. That's right. That's some happy trombone right there. Let's just make it your rejoin music from now on. Yeah. Da, 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 da. There we go. Nope, I you changed know, my mind. How many trombones? Just a smooth 76. You know, it wouldn't have been the same with 75. Or 69. Yeah, no. It wouldn't have been 77 would have been too many. 77 would have been too many. 75 would have been too few. Yeah. John Philip Sousa knew just how many trombones for that piece. It was a five-year scientific study to figure it out. Bucks take on... Yeah. How does he handle so many bones at once? I I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, Bucks take on the Bengals. Let's start on the Buccaneers side. I it's another in a series of easy matchups for Jameis Winston. It is, and the best part about Winston in the past game with Tampa Bay is their defense is so bad that they're just forced right. To it's throw a pass all the will. time. Yes. Um, let me just mention Winston's uh, pass catchers, and then we'll get to his grade. I'm giving Mike Evans an A. Targeted 11 times by Winston last week. Topped 100 yards. Uh, opposing wide receivers are averaging 180 yards and a touchdown per game against the Bengals. More specifically, number ones have gotten it done against Cincy starting in week one. T.Y. Hilton touchdown, John Brown touchdown, Devin Funches touchdown, mm-hmm. Julio Jones nine for 173. <laughs> no touchdown, and, uh, obviously. You, you guessed it, no touchdown for him. And we won't count Miami in this discussion, but then Antonio Brown touchdown, Tyreek Hill touchdown, so I like Evans here. I don't like Deshaun Jackson. He's on the bench because Adam Humphreys was charged to take a chance on me wide receiver, and there's no way Scott or myself are benching Chris Godwin, who I'm giving a B to has scored in four of six games, at least five catches in four of his last five. And despite having his bye already, he's tied for the lead in touchdown from inside the 10-yard line with Michael Thomas. And then two other players would be shocking in the stat. They're tied for touchdowns inside the 10-yard line. T.Y. Hilton and James White. Wow. Tied All right. with Chris Godwin and Michael Thomas. Well, it's, it, it, the reason for T.Y. Hilton is because Andrew Luck can't throw farther than 10 yards. Hey. Right? So hey. that's why. Hey, take it easy on Luck. Uh, and since he is ranked number two, uh, it's ranked 27th against number two wide receivers by football outsider, so I love Godwin this week. I also like O.J. Howard. He gets to be. The Bengals have allowed seven different tight ends to notch 50 yards and or a touchdown, and it's no surprise they've allowed the second most catches and touchdowns to the tight end position, so easy B for Howard, but I still have Brait on the bench because he's second fiddle in that game. Uh, if you miss take a chance, I mean, you have to go back and uh, podcast this, but I have Peyton Barber on the bench and uh, Ronald Jones as my take a chance on me running back, and then uh, Jameis Winston to circle back to him. He gets an A because I love uh, Godwin Evans and Adam Humphreys mm-hmm. so much. Thank you. Uh, and over to to Cincy, almost straight A's. Uh, there'll be one B here. Let's start with Joe Mixon. Over the last three weeks, two running backs have touched the ball for Cincinnati. Joe Mixon, 56 touches. Mark Walton, 8. Yeah. Mixon, straight <laughs> bell cowing. Yes. Uh, opposing running backs are averaging 25-plus touches against the Bucks, who again will be without Vinnie Curry, and much more importantly, Gerald McCoy will miss this game again. Mm-hmm. So Mixon in an amazing spot, as is A.J. Green. Again, A for him. Tampa Bay is one of two teams to surrender at least 16 catches to wide receivers and have allowed a 100... 100- 100-yard receiver in four of their last six, so easy A for Green, easy A for Tyler Boyd. Slot receivers have just slayed the Buccaneers this year. Juju, Taylor Gabriel, uh, Gabriel, Jarvis Landry, Nelson Aguilar even topped 80 yards with a touchdown, so yeah. Tyler Boyd in a great spot. MJ Stewart is the uh, is the Bucks slot cornerback getting destroyed in his rookie year. And uh, some people were saying John Ross might be a good dart throw. I might have been one of those people a few hours ago, but he is out. He's out. So yeah, he's couple out. Weeks. Do not yeah. go there. Uh, CJ Uzoma, I'm going to give him a B, borderline A. The Bucks have allowed the third most catches and second most touchdowns to tight ends. So Uzuma is certainly startable. And Andy Dalton, A, obviously, after all those pass-catching grades uh, that were great. You want to hear some shocking good news? Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Sonia Michelle at practice today. <laughs> what? <laughs> no way. But see, if he was fully healthy, he would have mispracticed. So I'm injury, not buying it. I'm not buying it. When no. that injury went down, I'm like, just saw his leg off now. Just amputate. It's over. He's at practice. Problem is they're a Monday night game. Yeah. So, you know, you you really can't you can't do much in terms of trying to guess if he's going to go and if he does what his snap count would be. But this would suggest it, that it, at worst you're, you'll be starting him next week. It's an, it's an interesting spot to make an ivory pivot, possibly. Yeah, you could pick up Chris Ivory, pick up Chris now, Ivory, and then make a decision Michelle Monday night. And then yeah. Monday night. I like that angle. Ivory. I like that angle. Buck. Uh, here's another game where it's kind of a start everybody game. Broncos taking on the Chiefs. Oof. Uh, we already talked about some of the players in here, but let's uh, starting with Case Keenum, who was Brian's take a chance on me quarterback. So let's talk about some of his receivers. I've got a B grade on Emmanuel Sanders. The Chiefs surrender a ton of passing yards. You already know that. But actually, they're only giving up 57% of their passing yards to wideouts. They're getting killed by tight ends and running backs out of the backfield as much as anything else. Sanders only had five catches for 45 yards when these teams met in Week 4. A B grade on Emmanuel Sanders. C grade on Demarius Thomas. The Chiefs, uh, again, they're giving up a lot more to running backs and tight ends. And... He hasn't topped 66 yards in five straight games against the Kansas City Chiefs. He has scored once in his last seven games against the Chiefs. That's Demarius Thomas. The trends aren't great, even though this feels like a juicy matchup. And it is for some other people, like Philip Lindsay with an A grade mm-hmm. and my number four ranking at the running back wow. position. Royce Freeman's been ruled out. Oh, do I love it. Career game coming against a Kansas City team that's giving up over 100 yards on the ground and a league worth 73 yards through the air to opposing running backs. This is a fantastic opportunity for him to right the ship. I think he's going to get a ton of looks both on the ground and through the air. This is um and even if the Chiefs stake a big lead, which they usually do in every game. I think they've been ahead in like 84% of their plays. They've played with a lead. Fine. You know, Philip Lindsay, they'll just throw to Philip Lindsay. So one way or another, Lindsay's sitting out a potentially gigantic game. Also, as they take a chance on me candidate, Devonta Booker, who's actually got more targets and receptions than Lindsay has. He will get a lot more use now that Royce Freeman has been ruled out. He is definitely startable, available in 95% of leagues. Go get Devonte Booker if you're in a pinch. Give him a start this week, especially in PPR leagues. Last guy I want to mention, Jeff Hireman is their tight end. Available in every league in America. Love there isn't a single <laughs> league. $2,900 on fanball, too. Very yep. cheap. Chiefs have allowed the second most yards, the eighth most receptions, and the seventh most fantasy points to the tight end position. Three times already, an opposing tight end has stopped 75 yards. Jeff Hireman is startable this week with a C grade. Going over to the Chiefs side, obviously Mahomes, Hunt, and Kelsey. Obvious A grades. My number one, two, and one ranked players at their positions. Let's spend a second on Tyreek Hill, who lines up all over the field, but he spends most of his time in the slot, which gives him a tough matchup against the one remaining really good Bengals corner, Chris Harris Jr. Uh, Hill was limited to 54 yards against Denver in week number four. Did catch nine passes, but only turned into 54 yards. So I've just got a B grade on Tyreek Hill, one of his lower grades of the year. And a cautious C grade on Sammy Watkins, um, He's only getting 16% of Patrick Mahomes' targets. That's just not enough volume. And I love his matchup. He goes up against the aged and ineffective Adam Pac-Man Jones. 
But it's I just need him to get more catches. I've got a C grade on him because the matchup's so positive. But I, I, I don't know that you can trust him to turn his three or four targets into much of anything meaningful fantasy-wise. He still is playing over 80% of the snaps like almost every game. Yeah, there's so that, that too for Watkins, right? He's on the field at least. They just never throw to him. What does Patrick Mahomes know that the rest of us don't? <laughs> Next matchup, Seahawks taking on the Lions. Scott, uh, I loved Chris Carson in this game before the snacks, Harrison trade. But right. what do you think about what do you think about him now? You, he this, just got there. He just got there. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see how limited those snaps are for snacks. I, he might play the whole game. Who knows? But I, right. I I still I still like it because the Lions have just been terrible all year. He just year. has to stand there though. He doesn't have to really learn any plays. Snacks has got to be snacks. Yes. Well, the the Lions have allowed at least 120 total yards to running backs in every single game this year. And How over, about that? Over six, six yards, yards a carry. Six yards a carry. It's such a good matchup. Yep. It, it. I still have Carson. I had Carson with an A grade. I still am going to leave it there for now. But it's it's tepid. It's it's. There's a little there's a little more concern there. Davis. I'm on the bench. I know that his snaps are close to talk Carson, but he's not getting the touches. And the second running back for Seattle has only had one okay fantasy day this entire year. It's the yeah. lead dog that gets it. Yeah. So Carson with the A. Uh, in the passing game, I'm giving Wilson a B game, a B grade. The Lions have allowed multiple touchdowns to QBs in all but one game this year. Wilson the same, but it's more about this time of year for Wilson. He's notoriously second a second half slow guy. Slow. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, in 2016, his run started week nine. Last year it was week seven. 2015 it was week ten. 2013 it was week seven. His rookie year it was week eight. This isn't just like. A one-year thing. To, this is his entire career. He starts at this point. So I really like it for him. His floor, his rushing floor, has been low this year. He hasn't rushed over 25 yards yet, but that also goes up in the second half of the year. I think this is a good matchup for it. Um, this defense just allowed 700 total yards and five touchdowns to Brady and Brock over the last two weeks. So I'm giving Baldwin and Lockett B grades uh, because of that. Um the Lions may be top 10 against wide receivers on the season, but over the last three weeks, they're dead last in fantasy points mm. allowed, and they only played two games. Right. <laughs> and earlier in the season, they played the Jets, the 49ers without Goodwin, mm-hmm. the Patriots without Edelman or Gordon. Yeah. There's a reason they were ranked so high. It's yeah. not because they were good. It's because of the matchup. So B grades for both Lockett and Baldwin. Uh, over to the Lions side, Stafford... I'm giving a B grade, even though the Legion of Boom is gone, and but they're like top three, top five this year. Yeah, on yeah. paper. On paper. Look at the quarterbacks the Seahawks have exactly. faced. Exactly. They are they face the easiest quarterbacking schedule of any team in the NFL. Yep, it's kind of just like why what I said about the uh, on the other side, the Lions mm-hmm. defense. You, you face some easy matchups, and you're go, you're going to look good. The the over under fifty makes me really like a, a little bit of a shootout in this game. And Stafford's thrown for multiple touchdowns in five straight. The Lions are averaging the the the, the totals of all the Lions games this year over fifty points per game on average. Yeah. For the total. So I think they're going to hit it. I give Tate, Golden Tate, he's disappeared a little bit over the last couple weeks. Seattle's been giving up a few good slot weeks, but it's a revenge game, which you always always like that, a revenge game for Golden Tate. Mm -hmm. B-grade for Galladay. Weirdly, not only does he lead the team in yards in the last two weeks, on the season he has just two fewer yards than Golden Tate and the same amount of touchdowns. 
Mm. So he's right there, yeah. right there with him. Marvin Jones, I'm giving a C grade. I considered benching. He feels he's like the odd of, man out, doesn't he's, he? He's, I, in fact, I wrote he's the third fiddle. Yeah. <laughs> is really what he is. Um, but he is averaging three catches per game. He's getting seven targets games. And uh, the three games where the Lions averaged 30 points per game, he, he really did show up. So I'm going to give him... Uh, where he scored over 30, where they scored over thirty points. I'm giving him a C. Uh, benching Roberts, I don't trust that at all. No Detroit tight end has gone over fifteen yards this this season until last week. Mm. That's a fluke. Roberts was a fluke last week. Carrion Johnson, huge game in a perfect storm against Miami. Yeah, Miami was just terrible, terrible against running backs. Uh, but I do like Johnson this week with Riddick out. I'm benching Blunt. Uh, he has an opportunity for a touchdown, but that's all you can expect. No. I th- still think it's a two-to-one split. Uh, I think we're going to see four uh, four out of the last six lead backs against the Seahawks have topped 100 total yards, and those players scored five total touchdowns. I think that's the range for carry-on. Near 100, maybe a score. Sounds right. Yeah. Um, let's, let's, Golden Tate's a free agent after this year. Let's yeah. assume he's somewhere else. Yeah. Where's your preseason ranking on Kenny Galladay? Are you really asking me this yep, one? I'm asking you because <laughs> I'm I'm a I'm a huge Galladay honk. That's probably why you're. He's like blushing. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's turning red right now. Topic. Definitely, definitely top twenty-four. That's it. It's all the higher you can go. Oh, I thought I, can, I thought you were going to tell me top twelve. I have wide I receiver one. I haven't dug into it, but it like I'm just with, saying instinctively. Question, I, in fact, I think dynasty wise, he is a top twenty-five asset at wide receiver right now. Um, but yeah, he, it's going to be close. He's going to threaten top 12 for me if we're, Tate's gone. We're going to try to work in one quick call. Hi, Tim. Thanks for your patience. Tim. I'm sorry about that. I just fired up my leaf blower. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, we don't want to hear your leaf blower. <laughs> sorry about that. It's okay. Uh, I, have, I have a guillotine question for you. Oh, all right. Somebody in a guillotine right. league. I love it. Unlike first all three of, of us. All, first of all, I love the league. So a yes. great format. Everybody's loving it. So great idea, Charge. Really Fa- loving it. Fantastic. Here, so. Uh, my question, and I've got a few players here to go through. Um, been listening the entire show, but so at running back, I plan to start James Conner and Philip Lindsay. Receiver, OBJ and Antonio. I'm between Emmanuel Sanders, Saquon, and Carrion, and Chris Goodwin for my flex. What do y'all think? Oh, man, it's a lot of good players right there. Normally, <laughs> it's Saquon all yeah. day, but this week is it's the a brutal matchup. I still don't think you can bench him though. Like I, I'm off Saquon in any kind of daily format. This is you don't want to pay his price, right. but man, it's Sanders. It's Sanders or Saquon, but I got to go with the what you'd expect to still be guaranteed touches in a bad matchup. But I'd lean Saquon barely over lean Sanders. Safe. I just can't bench okay. Barkley. I don't know how you do it. That's my thought too. I uh, he's I've been riding him all year, so yeah. just wanted your opinion. Thank yeah. you, Tim. Good luck right, in your guillotine league. It's a blast, isn't it? It's so it, much. It, it's it's awesome. so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, three hot questions for a panel of experts. Play along at home. See if you can go three and oh. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Devonnie's on the fan. Hey, everyone. Ben Liber here for my good friends over at Town Hall Brewery. Listen, Town Hall is now going to offer an... Welcome back to the show. Fantasy Football Weekly. Week number eight coming up. Don't forget to set your Saturday morning rosters. Sunday morning rosters, I should say. Saturday morning. Set them now. We've got another early London game. You don't want to be caught off guard with any late breaking news. Although we don't really have anybody that's coming into that game as a game time decision either. So hopefully 
Of course, at this time last week, we didn't know Melvin Gordon was going to be a game time decision. Right. You know, we knew he was questionable, but didn't didn't really think he wouldn't go. So, you know, you just let's get that squared away. I knew. I just didn't tell anyone. <laughs> just be sure you have London. So be sure you have London Blake Bortles in your lineup before you go to bed tonight. No, yeah, you don't want. Yeah, you don't want. You don't want the. Uh, want to miss out on London. the American version. Let's uh, let's dive in too. Devani's hot question number one. With Will Fuller done for the year, once Kiki Cutie returns, probably after the bye, uh, is he a wide receiver one, a wide receiver two, a flex, or a bench? Kiki Cutie, Scott. I'm going to go with a wide receiver two. Based on just the volume the wide receiver two gets in that offense right now, uh, he had six for 51 and a touchdown in the one game without Fuller. The game that Fuller left in the third quarter uh, a couple games ago, Mm -hmm. he had 11 for 109. But nine targets after nine, he was targeted nine times. There you go. Uh, <laughs> nine times. Nine times. Yeah. So he was targeted nine times, eight catches for eighty-two yards in those uh, two and a half quarters after Fuller left. I, th- I think he's going to continue to see eight to ten targets when he comes back if he stays healthy. All right. Yeah, I don't have much to add. I got wide receiver two as well. I'm just and just looking ahead at the schedule. Uh, Broncos next week can't stop anyone on the ground or uh, through the air. But then the remaining matchups: Redskins, Titans, Browns, Colts, Jets, Eagles. All those are more of a plus matchup for receivers than they are for running backs. So they're all great matchups for Cutie. So wide receiver two. I really struggled because he's right on the the edge of wide receiver two and flex for me. That's what to I be thought. wide receiver two, he's got to be a, roughly a top twenty receiver most weeks or better. Our top twenty, you know, our twentieth receivers are guys. You know, this week we're in the Robert Woods and Emmanuel Sanders rank area. Kiki Cutie's just not there. I think it, I'll go top twenty four. I play Matt, twelve teamers. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I've got a flex on him, despite the fact that I think he's going to be really good. And to I'm going to put numbers on all the player on all the teams that Brian just said down the stretch. Here's where those teams rank mm, yeah, uh, as fantasy nice. points allowed to wide receivers for the rest of the year for the Texans and Kiki Cutie. Nineteenth, twenty second, twenty fourth, eighth, twenty sixth. And twenty eighth, I mean it's it's just going to be a serious. And by the way, the one the one that sounded good, Indianapolis was at eight. Their secondary is degrading before our very eyes. The high numbers are good for Cutie. Just to uh, yeah, the high numbers are good. These are Philadelphia is giving up the twenty eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers. So it's all positive for him. But I I I can't quite get him into my top twenty or top twenty four. Here, correct answer. Here's here's a, another point for your flex. Hamstring injuries linger, and he's been in and out. Yeah. So, yeah, how many examples of that do we need? Giovanni's yeah. hot question number two. Everybody's talking about Amari Cooper's value in Texas, but what about Jordy Nelson's value in Oakland? For the rest of the year, is Jordy a wide receiver one, wide receiver two, flex, or bench? So I struggled to think. To, to come up with what Jordy Nelson was when Amari Cooper was on the team. <laughs> and uh, looking back, he had scored in three of the last four games, so mm-hmm. I guess he was a flex-level Re- player. Really, Brian? I've, I've been thinking a super long time about where Amari's 3.7 targets are going to go. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, and those are bloated by two games of double-digit targets. But I don't know. I don't think... Uh, I'm going to say uh, Nelson was a flex player, and his value doesn't really change because... He's the third most targeted player on that team behind Jared Cook and Jalen Richard. So if anyone's going to soak up more targets, it's going to be Martavis Bryant, probably Cook, and probably Richard. I think Jordy just stays 
as is, and I'll give him a very, very generous flex grade. All right. Yeah, kind of the same. Flex in good matchups is what I wrote down. I mean, they've trailed in all but one game uh, by midway through the third and trailed early in the fourth in that other one. So playing catch-up was already factored in. This offense isn't going to be good. Lynch is out, too. The offense is probably going to stall more. I barely, barely, barely think he's a flex play and really just good matchups. You guys are dead wrong. Oh, boy. We'll start with your bad math. First of all, Cooper was getting five and a half targets per game, 32 targets in six games. And that, and at least half Hyperbole. of those, Hyperbole. Uh, at least half of those <laughs> are going to go to Jordy Nelson, right? Half of the, the five and a half. So let's throw a couple extra targets at Jordy. Right now, he already has 50% more fantasy points than Amari Cooper. So he was already better than Amari Cooper. To your point that you made earlier, the team's behind all the time and passing all the time through sheer volume. He's going to do well. Rest of the schedule, only two tough matchups. The rest of them are jaw-droppingly easy. San Francisco, Indy, Chargers, Chiefs, and listen to his playoff run for Jordy Nelson. Yep. Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Denver. And then wraps up, if you play Week 17, you shouldn't, Kansas City. Yep. I'm telling you, we're going to have A and B grades on Jordy Nelson in a lot of the remaining matchups. Again, two bad ones seven or eight really positive matchups the rest of the year. I did write down his full schedule, but I didn't want to take up that much time. <laughs> We're gonna Jordy need, Nelson is going it. to be a wide receiver, too, the rest of the way. Giovanni's hot question number three. Now that Byron Leftwich is calling plays for the Cardinals, will he boost David Johnson's fantasy value a little, a lot, not at all, or does it actually go backwards? So you got four options. A lot, a little, not at all, or does it go backwards? Scott. By the way, it is 3.7 receptions per game, not targets. Uh, This is really tough for me because he was averaging 47 yards per game and 23 receiving yards a game. That's 70 yards a game. If he gets up to 70 rushing yards per game and 35 receiving per game, that's a 50% increase, and that's easily doable. I mean, easily doable, a 50% increase. The touchdowns, he did have five touchdowns in, what, seven games. So that that's not as repeatable. Maybe uh, I'm going to go with a lot because I think 50% is probably the floor on his increase. All right. Yeah, I'm going to go a lot, too, because uh, Leftwich said he's going to mirror uh, Bruce Arians' usage. Of they fell asleep together. David Johnson more. Shoulder to shoulder. In all honesty, as long Spoon. as you don't mirror... Uh, Anyone but Mike McCool, you could mirror like a 20-year-old stoned college kid using David Johnson and Madden, and uh, he's gonna, his production's going to go way up. Johnson will be on the edges way more. It'll be utilized the way he should, and uh, the schedule is going to help him out a lot. I won't dive into it, but it is very meaty, so a lot, a lot, a lot. See ya, Mike McCoy. Uh, David Johnson will be aided a lot by Sanity returning to the coaching staff yeah. under Byron Leftwich. Now, in fairness, we don't know anything about offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich. He's never had an NFL play call. At this level. He's never been an offensive coordinator. This thing could go badly. But we're just assuming it can't go any worse than what Mike McCoy did to David Johnson. I hope he runs it up the middle on his very first play Oh, God, the fantasy people get bonkers. They will. They'll blow up. The schedule is so favorable. It really is. Fantasy points allowed. I'm not going to tell you the teams. I'm just going to tell you the fantasy points allowed rankings for the remaining teams on the schedule for David Johnson. 23-31. 25, 16, 15, 29, 26. Dear Lord, none of them below 50. They're all below. They're all, no, they're all in the bottom half. He won't see a top half 
defense and fantasy points allowed to running backs all year. It's a fantastic opportunity for David Johnson. Buy low. Send out some trade offers. Shake things up in your league. And let's talk about the Colts and the Raiders, Brian. Let's. Colts uh, feels like a another in a series of just easy, easy matchups every week. It feels like it's an easy matchup for the Colts. Talk to me about uh, the Colts side. I already told you I like uh, I always, I like Derek Carr on the other side. But talk to me about the Colts side and Aaron Luck and if this string of amazing performances are going to continue. Yeah, they should. And, and think of it this way: Andrew uh, Andrew Luck is going to have all his toys back when it comes to Ty Hilton. Uh, Jack Doyle is coming yeah, Jack back. Jack Doyle and back. Yeah. Andrew Luck himself was had to be a little. He's, the rust is shaking off with every week. So Andrew Luck gets an A in this matchup. Because uh, I love Ty, T.Y. Hilton. He gets an A. Oakland is allowing 76 yards per game to number one wide receivers. Seattle wide receivers totaled three touchdowns against the Raiders in week six. Guys like Jerron Brown and David Moore were scoring. So Hilton's a great play. But I'm not playing any other wide receiver for Indy. It's just too muddled between uh, Chester Rogers and Ryan Grant. They're all on the bench. But uh, Eric Ebron still on uh, a good play. Give him a B, even with Jack Doyle's return. Oakland has allowed a tight end touchdown two of their last three games, and Ebron seems to be the guy in the red zone for Andrew Luck. And then uh, talking running backs real quick for the Colts, Marlon Mack looked great last week. Uh, I'm going to give him a B. He was questionable to play, but practiced in full yesterday. He should be good to go. And as long as he's in the starting lineup, Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins are not relevant, so they are on the bench. Uh, over to the Raiders. Got a lot of C's. Looks like uh, my high school report card here. Mm. Uh, Doug Martin, we'll start with him. He gets a C. How'd you get C's? I don't know. I studied hard. Ah. The Colts have allowed more than 4.5 yards per carry over the last five games, but Oakland ranks dead last in the NFL in yards created before the contact point, 1.8. So Martin is not good, Yeah, and he's going to have to work hard. So just to see, the volume should be there, but that's the only reason he gets a starting grade. I actually like Jalen Richard more in PPR. He gets to see, Absolutely. despite already having his bye, he ranks top 10 among uh, NFL running backs in targets, catches, and receiving yards. So he is certainly viable in PPR, maybe even in standard. Uh, Jared Cook, always viable. He gets an A. Opposing tight ends have posted monster numbers against the Colts, so Cook is in your lineup easily. Jordy Nelson is a wide receiver too, I guess. I had a C on him as a right. level play. We just went like over him. Jordy, but yeah. yeah. Uh, they got like a lot said, of volume coming. A lot of volume coming. Uh, the Colts secondary is banged up, and we yep. expect Oakland to be chasing points. And for that reason, Martavis Bryant, now the other starter on the boundary, it gets a C. Uh, secondary receivers have done very well. Comparable secondary receivers. Terrell Pryor, Corderell Patterson, Will Fuller all have scored against the Colts in recent weeks, so Bryant is a nice Hail Mary play. What do you think about, uh, I talked about this with PA yesterday on the Feast, what do you think about my fanball DFS play of Carr to Martavis Bryant in a big tournament like the twenty thousand uh, dollar tournament we have? Fanball.com slash radio. Yeah. What do you think about that as a cheap hookup? Oh, absolutely. Well, Bryant came in at thirty one hundred because that trade went down. After yes. Salaries. Uh-huh. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, you clear up a lot of cap space, and you said Carr. That's how I get. That's how I get Todd Gurley in my yeah. lineup yep. or Kareem Hunt into my I lineup. I think Bryant might have high ownership in yep. something like that. He will, and uh, and and. Derek Carr, you take a chance on me, quarterback, Josh, yes. for that very reason, and that right. is the end of that chapter. Oh, it is the end of that chapter. Let's um, let's try to work in one more matchup. Ravens taking on the Panthers. That's me. Hold on, I got to go to the right page. There we go. Let's start on the uh, the Baltimore side in the passing game. Joe Flacco throwing forty three times per game. You don't think of the Ravens as being this pass happy offense. We think of them as a conservative organization. Everything else, nope. 
43 times per game. Joe Flacco, with all that volume, he usually ends up with decent, maybe not explosive stats, but decent stats. This week, he plays against a Carolina defense that's allowed exactly two touchdown passes in five straight games, and I think there's another two coming for Joe Flacco. To think this is the same guy that threw for 32 yards in a game last year. Yeah, How about that? Right. It's a, This is a very different offense. And if I think he's got two touchdown passes coming, i got to like John Brown, right? Your angle here is a deep hookup. He's averaging 20 yards per catch, which is ridiculous. Carolina's allowing the fourth most receptions of 20 yards or more. So the deep hookup coming for John Brown, like him, B-grade. Also, and by the way, Flacco was a B-grade as well. Uh, Michael Crabtree, C-grade. He gets more targets, actually, than Brown does. It's a hit-and-miss Panthers defense. They've had some good games. They actually did a nice job against A.J. Green and Julio Jones, but... I think it's um, it's maybe on the tougher side of the matchup for Crabtree, but just through sheer volume, I think he ultimately gets something done here. He'll run the overwhelming majority of, of, of plays against inconsistent cornerback Dante Jackson. Who else do we like? Alex Collins has a B grade in this one, even though, uh, even though they're giving up over 4.6 yards per carry, which is a lot. Opposing running backs are only rushing 18 times a game fourth fewest against the Panthers, and so volume may not be the friend to Alex Collins. And as I mentioned earlier, again, everything seems to go through Flacco's arm right now. So it might need Collins to actually catch a couple of passes, which he will do per game. Uh, Carolina kept Philly's committee in check last week, but they've given up big games to opposing lead backs in each other game. So I, I think Collins is still very startable here with a B grade, but he doesn't get a ton of volume, and Bunk Allen is on the bench. Let's go to the uh, Carolina side. Cam Newton's toughest matchup of the year. If you're ever going to bunch Cam, this is it. We had a guy this morning, we told him Mayfield over Cam. Yeah, I've got Cam way down at quarterback number 17. You probably have another quarterback on roster that I like more. Um, the Ravens' secondary is awesome. They rank number two in passing yards allowed, number three in passing touchdowns allowed. And what's more, Newton isn't likely to rush for a score. The Ravens haven't given up a rushing touchdown to a quarterback in 25 straight games. So Cam Newton's wow. brutal to start this week. Let's go uh, staying with the passing game. The only other guys you can consider starting are Devin Funches, who has hit the 100-yard mark just once in his last 39 games. How does a, how does any number one receiver only get a 100-yard game once in 39 games? You know what you're going to get from him? It's 60 yards, a decent chance at a touchdown. He's scored in three of the past four games, um, and it is a touchdown that could salvage his game. The Ravens give up the second-fewest yards to receivers, but they are giving up one touchdown per game to the position. So if there's going to be one touchdown catch to be had here, it'll go to Funches, so we'll try him at a C grade. Greg Olson has been miserable since his return. But the Ravens have had some difficulty with tight ends, allowing the eighth-most receptions, 11th-most yards to tight ends. They hadn't given up a score to a tight end until last week. Um, I've got a barely C grade on Greg Olson only because he's a tight end and the position's so thin, really. Lastly, Christian McCaffrey. Also, his toughest matchup of the year. Baltimore's allowed the fewest fantasy points to running backs. They rank fourth in yards per carry. They've only given up two rushing touchdowns all year, and they lead the league in the fewest receiving yards, the fewest catches, and the fewest touchdowns allowed to running backs. There is no angle of positivity for Christian McCaffrey from a matchup standpoint. None. He's a guy, he's going to struggle mightily that you're uh, alluding to, but buy low on him after this game, I feel like. Yeah, his, it, his this is going to be like his low. third or fourth straight yeah. bad game, potentially. Mm-hmm. And you're right, this might be your buy low moment. It's just been a series of tough matchups for Christian McCaffrey. We'll take a break. When we come back, another set of matchups for you, including 
Packers taking on the Rams. Is there anybody to bench in this game? Can you go right back to Geronimo Allison? We'll talk about that when we come back. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Green Belt Premium on the fan. Hey, it's Mark Rosen. You know, we're all different, so the Greater Twin Cities Honda dealers offered... On the fan, year number 24, week number 8 of the NFL season. I am Paul Charchi, and my co-hosts are Scott Fish and Brian Johnson. A uh, shout-out to our Crush Charge Challenge winner, Mitchell Anderson. I bet he, I wonder if he goes by Mitch or Mitchell. I can't wait to meet him. I, at, the, at the banquet. Yeah. God, it's going to be great. <laughs> Maybe you could be his date. Because sure. you, you get to bring a date. Um, and sometimes it'll be like fathers will bring sons. Sometimes I'm down for that. No worries. Yeah. I mean that. Sure. Absolutely. I, you'd be, I think you'd be down for a lot yeah, yeah, after that. You could hit the W afterwards. Only for, <laughs> I don't know. I'll you know, you could turn it into a night full for that. Turn it into a whole night. It, it is. You just, you, you roll yourself out of there. Um, again, as you already know, you should be playing the free to play crush charts challenge at grainbelt.com. Every point by which your team beats my team gets you an entry in, into the end of week drawing. And, the beauty of it is no salary cap. You, you basically have just a superstar roster. Yep. It's like you know, Gurley, Camara, you just uh, Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers are my starting quarterbacks. It's great. You don't ever get that luxury any other time. We love that. Uh, so we encourage you to uh, to give that a shot. Grainbelt.com. Let's dive back into the matchups. Packers take on the Rams. Scott and you know I. Start everyone. Yeah, start everybody, <laughs> but I've gotten a ton of questions about Geronimo Allison in particular, and I, I like want to know what you think, and I, I like him here. Yeah, he has he has at least 60 yards and 12.5 PPR points in all four games that he's played this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second receiver, the second receiver for the Packers, has had at least six targets in every game this season, and he has at least five catches in three of his four games. I think this is going to be a shootout with that 56.5 over under. Yeah. So Allison is the guy I actually like more than Cobb. I gave Allison a B grade. I gave Cobb a C grade. We don't even know if he's going to play. Exactly. He He practiced fully. He's questionable, but he practiced fully. Here's Here's my concerns. Will he play? And he hasn't topped 30 yards since week one. I know. Thielen and Sanders had good games in in the slot against the Rams. Everyone else disappeared. Uh, Cobb, I mean, watch it. He's available in a lot of leagues. You can Uh, pick him up. Yeah, I want pieces in this shootout, but he's barely a C grade for me. Adams is an obvious A, and so is Rodgers. I mean, Rivers, Wilson, Keenum, Cousins all had great fantasy days. Even Carr had 300 yards. Teams have to keep up, and Adams is the top option. Both A Mm -hmm. grades there. Jimmy Graham, I gave a C grade to. He has 20 targets and 180 yards over the last two weeks, Uh, but those 20 targets, he only averages 5.5 per game with Cobb and Allison in. Right. So expect a drop here. Um, Yeah, even though it's going to be a shootout, I expect a drop. So... Uh, the Rams, 13th against tight ends, but that's partially due to huge games against Kittle and Cook. All the others, no other, no other tight end had over 25 yards, mm. except for those two. Right. So uh, I'm a little hesitant there. The running game, I'm benching it. Guess how many times a Green Bay running back has top 60 yards this year? Rushing. Zero. One. Just okay. once. All right. And they only have two rushing touchdowns. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's a wreck. Yeah. The, know, here's the, at this point, 
I'm done guessing when Mike yeah. McCarthy will play Aaron Jones. I'm right. going to wait for him to play Aaron Jones a bunch, and then I'll react to it. I'm done guessing ahead of time. Yeah. The the Rams are allowing 4.6 yards per carry to running backs, which is seventh worst, but everyone abandons the run against them, so nobody can rack up enough yards. Right. Uh, on, on the Rams side, I got A's on everyone. Cup is doubtful and very, very, very yeah, unlikely go. to he play. So I'm benching him. Uh, but I got eight. I, I don't even know that I need to go through it. But Reynolds, I'm benching as well, just to put that out there. He has two targets in the last two weeks with Cup out. Yeah, or two catches. It. Yeah, exactly. which I thought he'd yeah. do more. It, yeah, it's, so, not, it's not happening. Yeah, but you're starting Gurley, Cooks, Woods, Goff. They're all A grades. Agreed. Yeah, all right. d- yeah that's all. Yeah. yeah. No, no more really needs to be said. Exactly. All right. 49ers take on the Cardinals, Brian. I love Raheem Mostert. He was my take a chance of me running back. We talked about him earlier. A great chance of going here. Even if Matt Breed is active. I don't think he's going to get a lot of work in this game as they try to finally get him healthy. No, you know, they Breida forced himself on the field last week, lasted about five carries. Right, so, out. yeah. So, yeah, Mostert's a great play either way. And uh, Breida, if he is active, I think you got to err on the side of caution and sit him if you own him. So, we'll say Agreed. he's on the bench regardless of being active or not. Right. Uh, let's go to the already one of my, was already one of my favorite players. And now he is my favorite player, George Kittle. All right. Guys, hey. This man wants to score for his fantasy owners. He doesn't care. Did you see that last the team week? Went, did you see this? Yes, I did. Yeah, I love it. Awesome. And for those who didn't hear this, while his touchdown was getting reviewed, he was picked up on Mike or whatever saying. I to Aaron Donald. This, to, to Aaron Donald. I got to get this one for my fantasy owners. He didn't want it for himself. Don- he didn't want yeah. it for the 49ers. He wanted it for his fantasy They owners. need the my fantasy. Yeah, he had, these teams met uh, a few weeks ago, by the way. Uh, Kittle had five catches for 83 yards. That's a safe floor here. He gets an A for me. Brutal it, matchup, though. Arizona's been great against the tight end position. It is, but they That's the only thing they haven't had. Haven't faced a lot of good tight ends. Uh, Jordan yeah. Reed had four for forty-eight and a touchdown. Tyler Higby managed to score. Yeah, if you're counting uh, Matt Lacoste as a competition at the tight end position, then they're tough. But right. no, Kittle gets the A. Marquise Goodwin gets the opposite. He's on the bench. He's going to draw Pat Pete. It's that simple. I don't like Goodwin in this game. Uh, Pierre Garcon not expected to play. Not that you were uh, contemplating starting him. But here's a sneaky play. A bonus take home is Trent Taylor, who had seven catches for 61 yards and a touchdown when these teams met a few weeks ago. And slot receivers have been doing very well against the Cardinals because Pat Pete will not travel there. Manny Sanders, six for 102 and a touchdown. Adam Thielen, 11 for 123 and one. Granted, Trent Taylor is not those guys. But then target totals for slot receivers in games before that. Doug Baldwin coming off injury saw seven targets. Taylor Gabriel saw 10. So Trent Taylor is going to be involved in this game. So uh, he gets a C for me. But uh, C.J. Beathard is on the bench. I'm not going to go into that too much more. Uh, over to Dave, uh, the Cardinal side, David Johnson. Going to give him an A here. Managed to score twice in the first meeting, despite the fact that Mike McCoy was employed by the Cardinals at the time. But uh, San Francisco allowing 130 combo yards and one and a half touchdowns per, games to run, per game to running backs. Leftwich is going to get Johnson involved heavily in this one. A-plus for me, actually, with David Johnson. Uh, Christian Kirk, I'm going to give him a C. He's uh, starting to emerge at least 75 yards and or a touchdown in three of his last five games. Had three catches for 85 yards and a touchdown in the first meeting. The Niners have allowed four wide receiver touchdowns in their last three games, and they could still be without Richard Sherman. So Kirk is viable. And so is Larry Fitzgerald. Just a C for him, though. He was quiet in the first meeting, but he wasn't near 100%. Uh, in PPR leagues, he's tough to sit, so he just gets a C for me. As does Ricky... Seals Jones. Ugh, this is tight ends are just wow, so you bad. Make, he, 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 so you close. actually sounded constipated saying his name. I did and looked at too. He had that face. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, RSJ was targeted six times in the first meeting. Did not catch a pass though. But the usage was there, and uh, Jimmy Graham has put up put up big numbers 
against San Fran. And uh, so RSJ is viable in a depleted uh, tight end landscape. But Josh Rosen on the bench. Let's wrap up this segment with Vikings and Saints on Sunday night. From the Vikings side, you're going to see a lot of passing from Kirk Cousins in this game. Saints are the best run defense, and the Vikings offensive line just isn't up to the challenge of trying to maintain a running game that, in fairness, has been good the last two weeks, but won't be here. Uh, Vikings, uh, Saints giving up just 2.8 yards per carry to opposing running backs. Number That's one in the real. league. 47 yards per game to opposing running backs. Number one in the league. So, tons, and by the way, that's why Latavius Murray's on the bench in this game. I don't think he's going to get enough work here. Your only hope is a goal line run from Latavius Murray. You're playing for touchdowns, and we can't say for sure that that's going to happen. This game goes through Kirk Cousins' arms. I believe the Vikings will be playing from behind due to the injuries that they've got, and Kirk's going to have to throw to keep up, and the Vikings throw the third most times per game anyway. And so I've got an A grade on Kirk, if, not, if only through volume, if nothing else, although the Saints' secondary has improved over the last three games giving up 270 yards and one score per game over the last three. But Cousins will get there on volume. I expect 45 passes in this one. Adam Thielen, a great matchup. I had a good matchup last week, great matchup this week, too. He draws slot cornerback P.J. Williams, who's one of the worst at his position. He is allowing a quarterback passer rating of 146 against him, P.J. Williams, and he's going to cover Adam Thielen, the hottest receiver in football. I love I love Thielen's opportunity here. Stefan Diggs gets the flip side of that, a potentially very tough matchup again. He gets Marshawn Lattimore, who typically shadows the opponent's best outside receiver. Lattimore got roasted in the opener in week one, but since then he's been much better. Get this. Lattimore's averaging 29 yards per game in his coverage. That's it. So Diggs is only a B start in this game. Um, Eli Apple should not be a factor, I don't think, this early in the game. Then, Kyle Rudolph, Saints have surrendered only one touchdown to a tight end all year, and since week one, they haven't allowed any tight end to reach even 30 yards. So, Kyle Rudolph slumps down to a C. Again, I think only through volume do I like him here, and ideally, if he played a different position, he wouldn't be startable. But right. again, you got to basically start every plausible tight end in fantasy, so I give him a C grade here. Saints side, so many people that I like against the injury-depleted Vikings. Anthony Barr has been ruled out of this game. I don't think Xavier Rhodes is going to go. I think they'll warm up. They'll try to see what the ankle's like uh, on um, on Sunday. But even so, this is a, it's it's a super dicey start here. Michael Thomas is an A grade no matter what. He's an A plus grade if Xavier Rhodes can't go. And if we like Thomas that much, obviously Drew Brees is an A grade here as well. Um, and one of the key reasons, Anthony Barr is not going to play. And if without Anthony Barr, that means Alvin Kamara, who would normally be covered by Barr, their fastest of their linebackers, doesn't have that. Trent Cannon just put up 70 yards on the Vikings through the air last week. Much of that coming after Anthony Barr was out. So they're going to, the same thing's coming. Kamara's potentially sitting on a very big game. He's got an A grade as well. While we're talking running backs, Mark Ingram gets a B grade because the Vikings is just a straight up run defense is good and Linval Joseph should come back. In the last three outings, the Vikings have only given up 56 yards on the ground per game. Only Todd Gurley has topped 59 yards individually against the Vikings all season long. So uh, I've just got a, a B grade on Mark Ingram in one of his toughest assignments of the year. Back to the passing game for a minute. Traquan Smith will draw Trey Waynes in a speed-versus-speed matchup. 
I don't think he gets a lot of receptions here, but he could turn one of them into a long gain. It's a high-risk, high-reward play, a C-grade on Traquan Smith, a C-grade on Cameron Meredith because the Vikings are without their slot cornerback. Mike Hughes and his backup, Mackenzie Alexander, might be forced to go outside and play Michael Thomas if Xavier Rhodes can't play, and I don't think Xavier Rhodes is going to play. So, Cameron Meredith, sneaky start as well, and Ben Watson was the take-a-chance-on-me tight end that Brian told you about earlier. We'll take a break. When we come back, premature speculation, our final matchup of the day, and your phone calls and lightning round. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Devonnie's on the fan. It's Saturday, October 27th. What's new today on the free iHeartRadio app? Final segment of Fantasy Football Weekly. Uh, what's coming up at noon, Tony? We've got overtime with Carly Zucker, oh, some okay. Vikings Rewind, and then we're going to join Wisconsin and Northwestern in progress at 1. All right. That's as much Wisconsin as I want is in progress. Thank you. Currently tied at 7. Premature speculation is a segment we do every week in which we identify a player who we think you should pick up now that will be a hotter waiver wire pickup next week, but he's already on your roster because you're a week ahead. Scott, who you got? You know, we kind of talked about this a little bit with uh, Jordy Nelson, but I think Martavis Bryant, who's only 8% owned on ESPN, yeah. it's possible you've gotten him, you've got him already, but the numbers on the sites don't show that you do. So right. 13% on Yahoo. His schedule is unreal with that Pittsburgh-Cincinnati-Denver playoff schedule and mm-hmm. a lot of other great matchups. I put down Martavis Bryant. All right. My pre-spec is a little more for the uh, dynasty and or super flex crowd, but I'm going New York Giants, Kyle Lauletta. Because quite simply, what Eli Manning Laletta. is cooked. Wow. And uh, Lauletta from the University of Richmond, smaller school, big-bodied quarterback, picked in the fourth round. The nah. Giants are going to see what they have in him, and there are a couple good spots coming up. Uh, next week at San Francisco could be a viable start for Kyle, or the following <laughs> week, at home against the Buccaneers. Is he any good? We'll find out. I mean, but I'm saying it's starting. Well, think the weapons New York has. If well, he, they're awesome. They're ones. awesome. And, and why don't they trade for? I don't, well, I don't know. Never mind. Was, well, Are we allowed I, to do dynasty ones now? I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of. Well, like, I'm going to throw it out. Chris Chris Warren of Oakland. Yeah, there you go. Chris yeah. Warren. If you yeah, can for next year. get him, stash him on IR. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because Martin and Lynch, I don't know if no, they'll they're be not there. Be he, back. He, he might be the starting back. back. Yeah, he might be. Yeah, Fish might has be like peewee football prospects, too, if you need them. Yes, I do. Yeah, contact me. Giovanni Bernard is due to come back as early as next week. And you want to have you want to have the handcuff in this deal, if nothing else, and then Bernard likely Mixon's getting a lot of run as a workhorse right now. I think they'll want to work Mixon. Uh, they'll want to work Bernard in once he's healthy, which could be as soon as next week. When reports start showing up on Wednesday of next week about he, how Bernard has returned to practice, mm-hmm. other people are going to swoop up, swoop yep. him up, and you want to go get him now. Let's do our final matchup, Scott. It's the Monday Nighter Patriots against the Bills. As we mentioned earlier in the so- show, Sony Michelle shockingly practicing, but I don't think you want to pra- you want to start him here. No, but luckily this is it feels like a game where you have several potential pivots or at least a pivot or two if you can go get Ivory, right? Mm-hmm. Um for on the Pat side, I still gave Brady an A. I think they're going to get ahead. Uh, the the Bills the Bills defense has been pretty good against uh, against quarterbacks, but Brady has at least 300 yards and or multiple touchdowns in every game except for except for that Lions dud. Um, and if you look look deeper in the numbers against the Bills, I mean Cousins and Rogers just barely missed 300. Uh, Flacco, Rivers, and Luck all had three touchdowns. I'm I'm fine with Brady. Yeah, A grade. Yes, A A grade for Gordon. 
<laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm looking for your reaction on that because oh, I, mean, I agree. Yeah, he 98% of the snaps last week, 81% last two weeks ago, and notched his first 100 yard game. Over 17 yards per catch with the Pats, 16 targets over the last two weeks. He's the main guy there. B grade for Edelman. Uh, oh, mainly because I don't think this becomes a shootout. I think the Pats get up and then they hold it down. Um, he's averaged eight, eight, eight targets over and over five catches per game since return, returning, scored in two straight. Um, Hogan, I am benching though. His only two games came in, his two good games came in complete shootouts, and I don't think this is a shootout. No. Uh, Gronk, B grade. On on the nice side, he's Gronk. On the bad side, he's been limited. Uh, he missed last week randomly. <laughs> he tends to be very injury concerned. It's Monday night, and the Bills have been very tough against tight ends. I, if you can, I would almost put him in your flex and possibly consider guys like him and Michelle. Get him in your flex so you can possibly pivot to Ivory, who might get the start over there if McCoy doesn't go. Yeah, James White, A grade. Just if Michelle doesn't go, especially, just a definite A grade. He has seven touchdowns this season and is averaging over ten targets per game in the last four, which is unreal. Bottom Buffalo sits bottom ten of fantasy points allowed to running backs and has given up an average of 123 rushing yards to opponent to opposing backfields over the last four games. So A grade there. If Michelle does play, I think I would give him an A grade. I think I would. Oh, it's, come on. Yeah. yeah. We don't even know how much run he'd get on that knee. I, I'd know? be very man. nervous. Oh, man. I, 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 I wouldn't start him, though. I'd only put him if you can pivot. Yes. That's the, the only, only way. The only, only way you way. start him is if you can pivot to somebody else on the Monday night or if he yeah. doesn't go like Chris Ivey. But, but James White is the one I'm, I'm not even remotely concerned of because no. of his passing game work. Uh, on the Buffalo side, I'm sitting everyone. Ivory's the only one that possibly could get a C grade for me if we know McCoy's out, which we right. don't at this moment. But otherwise, I'm benching everyone. All right, and we don't need to say anything more about nope. the Buffalo Bills than that. It is time for lightning round. That means one question among two players. One question among two players. Uh, you will be able to listen to your answer probably on your radio because we zoom. We go through these so quickly that a lot of times we've already moved on to the next the next person in line by the time you're listening for an answer. Ben, you are first. All right, guys, I'll be quick. This is going to be rough. A standard scoring non-PPR. I guess uh, Barner or Hyde, I guess. Ugh, Kenyon Barner or uh, I would go Hyde. Yeah, you got to go Hyde because if Michelle does play Barner, might not even see the field. I, I so think Hyde's got part of the concern, de- some right? guaranteed yeah. touches. Yeah, Dan, you're next. Uh, I have uh, both PPR and non-PPR. Do I consider starting Mostert over um, McCaffrey? Yes. If they rule Breed out for it's, sure, it's then close. I definitely yeah. would. And even so, if you're in two different leagues, I might split it in half and cover your bases. But frankly, Mostert's got way more upside. The problem is you may not hear about Breed until later because that's yeah, late That's afternoon. a late game. That's a good point. Yeah. So yeah. you got to play McCaffrey. you got to bank on McCaffrey. I, I don't know. I'd, see, I'd play Mostert. Yeah. But I, I have, I'm a high-risk guy. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, hello. Yes, uh, Jalen Richard or Devontae Booker? Uh, Richard, safer. He's got se- he's seven catches and there's seven Booker. at least seven I targets. Think Booker's seven in on a big. Game. He's got a great matchup, but he man, does. it's Devontae Booker. I just can't do it's it. Close it's close. Like Richard is some great talent. If it's PPR, it's Richard. Is it PPR or standard? Well, we don't know because he's gone. Okay, we're on Ryan now. Hello, Ryan. He gone. Ryan. Galladay Lockett PPR. Say it again. Galladay or Lockett? Galladay, Lockett, PPR. Okay. 
Uh, I lean Lockett just because there are less mouths to feed on that offense than there are in Detroit. John, you're next. I also lean. Hey, we need uh, Trubisky or A-Rod. Um, it, it's uh, it's, it's Rodgers. Rod- yeah, I Rogers. love Rodgers. He's my number two quarterback this week in a fantastic matchup. Hello, Diana. Hi, guys. Hi. I have a question. I'm going against Brian's garbage team, and I have to choose between C.J. Bethard or Alex Smith. I know this is. Two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you should answer it then. You no, can't have Brian, Brian can't answer it. <laughs> this is in the Scott Fishbowl, where I failed to start Lamar Miller, by the way, because I went to a hockey game. Yeah, that'll oh, teach you. Yeah, that was a bad decision. I yeah, it wasn't really a decision. Scott, either. what should Diana do? Uh, I think I have Bethard rated higher this week, but Alex Smith has a far better matchup. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty ugly. I'd go Bethard just hoping for some rushing yards as that floor. That makes sense. Uh, th- Plus, th- you get th- points th- for Diana. first down. Go beat Brian, please. Phil, hello. Hey there. Um, would you chance Gronk or I'm, I'm blanking, but the tight end from the Bears, sorry. Oh, uh, Trey, uh, Trey Burton, Burton easily. Yep, Trey Burton. What? Burton? Yep. yep. Yeah, the Gronk thing, it's all, it's all the difficulty, of course, here is that he's Monday night. So we don't know his status, and you got to make a call sooner than that. But it's Buffalo, right? Hold on, how did I lock in Phil? What's yeah? I'm accidentally hanging up. Sorry, if I've hung up on you, I apologize. Gronk's stat line historically against Buffalo is absolutely ridiculous. It's lunacy looking at that game log. Those game logs. Born and bred right. in Buffalo, baby. Let's try Emily. Hello. Hi. Yeah, it's Emily from Jacksonville again. Oh, Talking nice. About Kenny Galladay or Sterling Shepard? It was Galladay or Sterling Shepard. Brian, I think you're up on this one. Yeah, we're we're waiting on news of a Washington slot corner, right? If yes. he's out, what was his name again? Fabian Moreau. If he is out, it's uh, Shepard with a bullet, but I would probably lean Galladay otherwise. Uh, Brian, hello. Yeah, full point PPR, uh, Golden Tate or John Brown? Uh, Golden Tate with a really juicy matchup this yep, week. And Tate. I like, like him a lot. And a revenge game. Yeah, hasn't Less done as much as I was hoping, but... Uh, let's see here. I think I can go to Joe. Hello, Joe. Hi. Hi. Standard League, Rudolph or Njoku? Oh, indeed. Oh. <laughs> if this is coming to me, I have Njoku yeah. as my tight end one. All right. There you go. Uh, Bill, you're next. Yeah, PPR, Travis Kelsey or Robert Woods? It's Kelsey or, or Robert it's, Woods. It's Kels- Kelsey three straight over 100 yards against Denver, and that's yeah. going to continue. He is fantastic. What a good selection he has there. Yeah, that's nice. His team, wow. Rod, Hello. Rest of the year question: Half point PPR Ingram or Michelle? Uh, I'm going to take the healthy back. I'm going to take the guy who doesn't have a reoccurring knee problem. So I would I would take Ingram over Michelle rest of the mm. way, which I think is a reasonable way to go. Uh, Andy, hello. Hey guys, half point PPR Chubb or do I go with I spaced out? Sorry. <laughs> Uh, all right, Andy. I don't Sorry. like Chubb's matchup. I, I don't much. like Chubb's matchup no, either. So we, we'll go with somebody else. Yeah. Go with the other Tim, guy. You're next. Tim. Um, yes, half point PPR. Hold on to Ronald Jones or pick up Gio. All right. Oh my gosh, this is such a good week for potentially Ronald Jones, I, but I still can't even start him because I'm not sure. I'd probably, I'd probably go with Charch's uh, pre-spec of Gio. Okay, Kevin, you're next. Kevin. All right. So, see, the deal is if you try to listen to it on the radio, it doesn't work. So, yeah, uh, you you got to just, you can't listen to the radio while you're on hold. Uh, Natalie, hello. 
Hello, Standard League, Tyler Lockett or Sterling Shepard? Okay. Uh, Lockett, regardless of uh, the Washington slot corner status, I'm going Lockett. I like our three female callers today. And a reminder, we've got... We've got Chick Chat coming. Next week. Dear Opener, I think, is next week. I think it's Chick Chat next week. All female callers. We're already looking forward to that. Paul, you're next. Uh, well, stick with the Lockett questions. Half point PPR, Lockett or Allison? I'm sticking with Lockett here, although I like the Allison matchup a lot. And I think there's a lot of points to be had there. But I'm going to. Lockett's. What's not to like about what Lockett's done all season? Right. Mikey. That's a good next. matchup, too. It is a good matchup. Mikey, you're next. Hi, uh, Standard League, Chris Godwin or Jordan Howard? All right. Is this mine? Yes, oh, it's yours. Yuck. Standard, you said? I uh, I guess I guess Howard's the safe play. Andrew, you're next. Agreed. If I could listen online, uh, yep. I'd like to listen online. Listen online. Uh, I got Cousins or Mahomes. Non-PPR. It's, it's, it's Mahomes. It's, Every week, it's Mahomes, But barely, but it is Mahomes. It's yeah. Mahomes. Yeah. He's number one, number one quarterback. You can't bench Mahomes. Yep. Although, again, I think Kirk is sitting on a really nice game. Yeah. Taco, you're next. Hey, guys. Uh, Non-PPR. Another Lockett question. Lockett or Jordy? Lockett. And I'm and I'm Jordy Guy. I've suddenly turned into Jordy Guy out of this group. Every single caller has Lockett on their team. It does seem that way, doesn't it? Nobody likes playing him, even in a good matchup. Pop, drop, and Lockett. Uh, Josh, you're next. Standard League, Crowell or Josh Gordon? Oh, Josh Gordon easily for me. Yeah, agreed. Uh, we're worried. Crowell's got Chicago. They haven't given up a rushing touchdown yet this year. Uh, if you haven't missed any part of the show, check out the podcast, KFN Fan On Demand, also on iTunes. Also, we have our own channel on, on iHeartRadio, on the app. You can have a Fantasy Football Weekly channel right there. Uh, fond farewell, Tony Landry. Many years, our technical uh, our technical board op producer guy. Thank you for all of your work, all the sound drops, hey, everything else. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. We wish you the best of luck in Washington as you uh, transition your career to bigger and maybe even better things. Thank you, Tony. Uh, we'll be back next week. We think it's Chick Chat for Deer Opener next week. And that'll be, uh, that's always a lot of fun. If you have a moment to rate and review the podcast, we appreciate that very, very much. We'll uh, talk to you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Green Belt Premium on the fan. Trucks, 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 trucks. It's not just truck month at Rosedale Chevrolet.